Hey everybody, I have returned. It's me, Jordan Spears, with a new episode of Face Your Fears with Jordan Spears. Finally, it's been almost a year. Uh, there's just been a whole bunch of stuff going on. I don't know. I'll, I Maybe I'll get into it. Uh, maybe I won't. We'll find out. The point is, I'm back. I've returned like a phoenix from the ashes, coming out of this stupid heat wave that we've had uh, for the last week, uh, where it's been in the 90s in Washington. And I'm just going to tell you, Western Washington never should be above like 75. 95, horrible. It's been a nightmare. Uh, speaking of nightmares, the movie that we're watching today on this day of days, August 18th, uh, 2023. We're watching a little movie that you might have heard of. It's kind of a big deal. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of my all-time favorite horror movies. And, uh, you know, I feel like since this movie takes place on this day in 1973, it's the 50th anniversary of a bunch of fictional people getting murdered by Leatherface. I'm, I just, you know... I had to cover it. I had to do an episode. I was kind of tiptoeing around it because I was afraid, honestly, because this movie is such a monolith. It's such a big horror beast that's so important and influential in the genre that I kind of haven't even wanted to talk about it because it's just, you know, what do you say? What can I say that better people than me have not already said? You know, I'm not Joe Bob Briggs. I can't, you know compete with that. Uh, the only insights I have are, you know, my own opinions about the movie, which is that it's an awesome movie, and I'm really excited to watch it uh, for the first time in a while, and, uh, you know, talk about it on here. So, hey, let's, uh, let's get into it. You know what we're doing. We're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I guess, to set it up, I could talk about it a little bit, uh, in case you haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it's, uh, it's a movie where a bunch of people are in Texas and, uh, they are hearing that there's some grave robbing going on. Uh, and so they're going to a graveyard to check on their family's plot to make sure that, uh, you know, their family members weren't, uh, robbed. Uh, as it were, and uh, along the way, they run into a real friendly family that invites them back for dinner, uh, and that's about that's that's really the long and short of it. Uh, so yeah, um, I feel like this is one of those movies where the setting is as much a character as any of the other people on screen. Um, I feel like you can really feel the heat and just how gnarly it is. Uh, and so, you know, aside from it being like technically Texas Chainsaw Massacre Day, because also the video game came out today too. So like a whole bunch of things are capitalizing on this. Um, so aside from all that, it just felt appropriate to uh, watch it coming out of a heat wave because I... You know, I feel like I can relate to the characters uh, because, you know, I wasn't physically killed by the heat, but emotionally I was very damaged. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. It's uh, it's not a long movie. It's not even an hour and a half. I believe it's only 83 minutes and I am watching it on a Blu-ray that I've had. 
for a while. I, I've had it for at least 10 years, or going on that, because uh, I think it's the 40th anniversary uh, Blu-ray, and uh, I also think a 4K might have just come out recently, uh, because I've seen people um, with a copy of this movie that has really, really rad cover art, and I think it's a 4K. Um, so, hey, if you don't own this movie... Uh, you could potentially get a 4K. Um, also, it's streaming on, at least it's on Shutter. It's probably on other things as well. Uh, but yeah, so if you haven't seen this, go out and watch it. It's it's awesome. It's um, like, seriously, like this is a tentpole horror movie. I think that anybody would list this as, you know, if it's not one of their favorites, at least, they can at least uh, recognize that it's an influential film. Uh, came out in 1974, same year as Black Christmas, which people are also saying, like, hey, that could be the first slasher. This also could be. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I guess Black Christmas kind of set up a lot more of the tropes of the genre, in a way. I mean, Halloween, obviously, like, really did. But Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre also... Uh, we're, we're definitely there as well, and I, I do feel like uh, Black Christmas is more forgotten, whereas Texas Chainsaw Massacre has spawned like, a ton of uh, sequels, and a remake, and a sequel to the remake, and some prequels that were bad, and, uh, you know, Leatherface has been merchandised, he's in Dead by Daylight, uh, which is a horror video game that's pretty fun if you haven't played it, um, and, you know, the new video game just came out. Uh, there was also a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Atari game, which you, you played as Leatherface and you ran around and killed people with a weird chainsaw. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, they've, they've merchandised uh, Chainsaw Massacre a lot more than Black Christmas. I don't think Black Christmas really got any merch. I uh, did get a remake, though. Black Xmas came out in like 06, 07, maybe before that. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, which wasn't bad. It was a lot, you know, went for kind of more gross-out stuff. But uh, I also enjoy that kind of thing. So I liked the remake of Black Christmas. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of feeling it. I'm getting groovy. Got the groove in my heart. And uh, I might do a whole franchise breakdown of this series because I love them. Well, not all of them, but I like, uh, well, love like at least four of them. So that's pretty good. That's, uh, that's about as many, uh, as, uh, as I uh, love of, uh, Hellraiser movies. So, you know, um, trying to think, let's see if there's any other things that I want to talk about before I get into actually watching this movie. It's been so long. I feel like I just don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of not, because I'm just stream of consciousness just doing this all in one take. I'm not making cuts. Uh, we're going off the cuff here, keeping it real. Um, I first saw this movie in junior high. I had to have been in seventh or eighth grade. And, you know, it's one of those movies where, like, you kind of grow up hearing, like, oh, man, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's such a gnarly movie, blah, blah, blah. And, like, so naturally I had to seek it out. 
So I got it from the library and uh, I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but then I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 shortly thereafter and I really liked that one uh, more than the first one initially. Um, and you know, it has been a while since I've seen the second one. So I actually, I don't know exactly if I like the second one more than the first one at this point, but I find myself coming back to the original more often, uh, than I do Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or any of the other sequels. Um, cause I don't know, there's just something about this movie where it, it almost feels like a documentary just cause it's, you know, low budget and, uh, it just... I don't know. It just scratches some deep itch inside of me, and uh, it's it's a comfort movie. I put this movie on in the background when I'm doing other things. Like I just I find myself watching this movie uh, very often. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, sit down and you know watch it again for who knows how many times. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of things as I uh, go through it and talk about it and all that stuff. So, without further ado, man, almost 10 minutes in. Uh, let's get to the movie. Alright, so I'm a whopping four minutes into the movie, and uh, I just gotta talk about the intro because it's such a good mood setter. Um, it has an opening crawl that's narrated that talks about, you know, uh, Sally and her brother, you know, were, were horribly affected by this. Well, spoiler, her brother doesn't make it. Sally makes it through. Um, and basically, like, just all the horrible things that happened. Uh, had they lived long lives, they just really would have had a bad time. So it's almost better that they died is kind of the takeaway of the opening crawl. Uh, and they kind of make it seem like it's a based on like an actual thing that happened, uh, which it's not. It's loosely based on Ed Gein, but um, everybody, you know, I, growing up, I always heard, oh, it's based on a true story. Well, it's like, no, no it's not. Um, and then you get just this creepy sound uh, of a camera taking pictures uh, of desiccated corpses. Uh, and it's just this high-pitched, weird, screeching sound, almost. And it, it just really puts you in a weird headspace right off the bat. Um, and then the the camera, after showing, like, bits and pieces of these corpses, uh, does a pull-away on, a, like, a, a rotting corpse that's been wired to, like, a monument. And uh, you hear, like, a newscaster kind of talking about everything that's been going on over the radio. And then immediately after that, uh, you just get close-ups of, like, the sun and, uh, like, solar flares coming off of it uh, as the opening credits, uh, you know, roll. And I don't know, there's just, it's such a weird, off-putting intro uh, that... It, I don't know, it just puts you in a weird headspace, and then, you know, I, I feel like that works uh, in the movie's advantage, um, because you're kind of already like, oh, this is going to be something, uh, and it is. Um, I mean, I, I forgot to talk about Toby Hooper, the director and producer. Uh, you know, he, he made this movie 
uh, he also worked on Poltergeist, uh, you know, among other things. But this and Poltergeist, for me, are always the, the two big ones that uh, come to mind. I also have a book that he wrote, like a novel, like a horror novel, um, which I've never actually gone around to reading, so I should check that out. Uh, Marilyn Burns plays Sally, who's the, the main character. Gunnar Hansen plays Leatherface, um, and he does a fantastic job. Uh, Edwin Neal is uh, uh, the hitchhiker that they pick up later on in the movie, but we will get to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I wanted to talk about uh, the intro because it just yeah it does a, a very good job of uh, I don't know just just setting the mood I suppose. Anyway, back to the movie. All right, I am 18 minutes in, and uh, we've just met the hitchhiker, and uh, he's had his whole scene. Uh, so let's uh, let's go back a little bit. So uh, five friends, they're in a van traveling to you know see if uh, Sally's uh, Sally and Franklin's grandfather's grave was robbed. Uh, so it's them, uh, Sally, who's kind of the main character. Uh, her brother Franklin, who's wheelchair bound, uh, and then her, you know, their three friends. Uh, they're driving through. They check. You know, everything seems good to the graveyard, so they continue on their way. And uh, let me just say, Franklin is one of the worst characters ever. He's horrible. I hate him. Uh, I mean, the actor does a great job. But man, he's just the worst. He's complaining nonstop, and he's just so weird and uncomfortable, and I don't like him. Uh, so, you know, nothing against the actor, obviously, but he did a very good job of playing a very annoying character. Uh, so they drive through, you know, they're driving on down, down the road. They pass by Slaughterhouse. Franklin starts talking in graphic detail about what happens inside of them. Uh, and then they come across a hitchhiker and they decide, Hey, let's pick him up. We're nice people. Uh, this dude, this hitchhiker is so weird. Just as soon as you, you, you picked him up, I feel like he'd be like, actually, we're good. We made a mistake. You can get out of the van now. But apparently people are way nicer in the 60s or the 70s. And, uh, so they let him remain in their van for a little bit, and he proceeds to also talk about the slaughterhouse, and he admires Franklin's knife, and he cuts himself with said knife, then he takes a picture of Franklin, and then tries to get two dollars out of him for the picture, and when that's refused, he sets the picture on fire and, uh, attacks Franklin with a straight razor. So they kick him out. And, um... Uh, you know, that's fair. But, like, I don't know if that's just people were nicer back then or more trusting or, or what. But, I mean, man, nowadays, that just would not happen. Uh, which is kind of fun. <laughs> he did invite them back to his house for dinner. I don't, like, that's one of the things where it's like, hi, Wednesday. Oh, wait, that's not Wednesday, that's Frida. Uh... Excuse the howling in the background. Frida is very, uh, 
bravely killed a string. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, God, that really threw me off. Uh, like, so he, the, the hitchhiker did invite them back to the, his house for dinner, which as it turns out is where Leatherface and all of them live. And, uh, it, it's one of those situations where it's like, I wonder how things would have played out. Like, had they, you know, kind of gone along with him and all that? Like, would they have still been killed or, you know, I don't know. It's always interesting to think about that. Uh, they probably would have. I mean, I imagine once they got back to their house, they would have been like, whoa, and then, yeah, Leatherface would have done them in. But hey, you never know. Maybe you just got to be nice to him and then you, uh, you make it through. I don't know. I don't know. Just something to think about. Anyway, back to the movie. Alright, so I'm 35 minutes in and the first kill just happened. And man, what a doozy. This is probably, in my opinion, one of the best kills in horror history. Um, it just It's just so visceral and good. I don't know. It's not, the, it's not gory. I mean, this movie, honestly, is not a gory movie. Uh, everything is off-screen, basically. There's a little bit of blood, and that's about it. I mean, the average episode of, like, The Walking Dead has more gore than this entire movie. Um, yeah, I mean, basically one of the dudes... Uh, actually, before we get to the kill, I will back up. Uh, so... They stop by a gas station, you know, our friends, after uh, uh, kicking the hitchhiker out, they stop by a gas station, and they ask about if, um, you know, the gas station attendant knows where, like, uh, uh, this house is. They're looking for their grandpa's uh, house. And he basically is like, hey, don't, don't go. Like, I kind of know what you're talking about. Nobody wants to go there. Take your friends. Go home. Leave this place alone. Like... Hang out here, eat some barbecue. Uh, you know, we don't have any gas right now, but we'll get gas uh, when the tanker shows up. Just chill out. Don't go to this other house. Nobody wants to go there. It sucks. Uh, they ignore him. They also go and get barbecue, which is hilarious because I'm pretty positive that means that they're eating people. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that barbecue is probably people. Uh, at least in the second movie it is, but I don't know if it is in this one. Anyway, I digress. Uh, they decide to ignore another warning, uh, and they go find their grandpa's old house, and, uh, they hang out, and it sucks because it's been completely abandoned, and, uh, there's a weird nest of daddy long legs in it, and it's gross and weird. And, uh, so two of the characters decide to split off because they heard that there was, like, a, a um, swimming hole, uh, so they go to try to find it, they can't find it, or it dried up, I think it might have dried up, uh, and then they decide, like, they, they see another house in the distance, and they hear, like, a generator, so they're like, hey, that house has gas, uh, we need gas, we'll go off from a couple of bucks or whatever, and, you know, get some gas, and yada, 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 so these two people split off from the group, they go to this house, uh, seems like nobody's there. Um, they, the, the dude finds a tooth on the ground, like a human tooth, uh, which is, you know, not suspicious at all. They also found, uh, under some, like, camouflage netting, uh, a whole bunch of abandoned cars. Hmm. 
How suspicious. They don't think it is, apparently, so they continue. Anyway, find a human tooth. That's also not a red flag, apparently. Um, he hands it to, like, his girlfriend, and she freaks out and uh, walks away, as you would if somebody hands you a random human tooth that they find on the ground. Um, and he decides to keep knocking, trying to get on, uh, get inside. Door opens. He's a, he, he goes in. And he, he hears, like, animal noises coming from this room uh, across from the front door. And so he, like, walks over to it. He stumbles because there's, like, a wooden plank on the ground. And as he stumbles, you get your first glimpse of Leatherface. He steps out from behind that open doorway with a hammer. And he just hits the dude in the head. Um, dude falls down, starts twitching. Leatherface hits him again. Pulls him inside and then slams this metal door shut. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Like, that whole scene is just, like, horror perfection. Because it comes kind of out of nowhere. Like, you know something's off, but, like, you don't know where the, you know, where the danger is going to come from, I guess. And uh, it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, it's just so visceral. And, uh, yeah, I mean... The, the documentary almost feel of the movie really does uh, make these kills like just seem a lot more brutal than they are. Um, because I know Toby Hooper, like, he tried to get this movie to be rated PG. Uh, so he, like, had a lot of the uh, gnarly stuff happen off screen and have it be implied. And it backfired horribly. Um, because... It, you know, our own minds are uh, very potent things. And everybody just thinks this movie's like <laughs> the goriest thing ever where the, when there's really not much. Um, there's definitely no like proper gore. Uh, there's some blood, like I said, but no proper gore. Lots of bones, though. Um, lots and lots and lots of bones. Um... And so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love that first introduction uh, of Leatherface and, and just that first kill. I, it, it's got to be in my top 10, top 5 favorite kills um, in horror movie history. I don't know what the other kills on there would be. That would be an interesting thing to try and, like, figure out. I am curious about that now. I might have to try and make a list. I don't know. But this this would be on there just because yeah it's it's not gory or anything but it just it just I don't know it, it feels so like in your face and brutal um, and yeah so Leatherface is here there's less than an hour to go I mean like I said this this movie is an hour and twenty three minutes um, so yeah I mean Leatherface is is in it to win it um, there's about to be several more kills. Uh, I, I guess before I, I go back to watching the movie, another thing that I noticed is like, and for all the times that I've seen this movie, I only know Sally and uh, Franklin's names. Like, I don't know if the other characters' names ever really come up, or, or if they do, and it's just in, in passing. Um, but it is interesting to re-watch this movie and kind of pay attention to little things like that. And it's just like, I feel like the dialogue is really realistic in the sense of like you feel like you're just there with these 
people that are already friends doing something. You know, like when you hang out with your friends, you're not like, hello, I'm John. Uh, how are you doing, Philip? Like, you just kind of go into conversation. And I feel like that's a lot of what happens in this movie where it's not really a lot of like focused dialogue. I feel like you just kind of hear bits and pieces of other conversations as the characters are just like talking to each other. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's interesting to kind of juxtapose like a, almost like a slice of life style thing along, you know, into this like super gnarly horror movie. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. That's just something that I'm noticing more, uh, on this viewing. So anyway, time to get viewing some more. All right. All right, so now I'm 40 minutes in, and we've just gotten our second Leatherface scene. And uh, the girl who was looking for the dude that got hammered, Kurt, I uh, learned his name, finally, after all these years, uh, just by paying attention, because <laughs> she says his name as she's looking for him. Uh, anyway, she's, she goes in, looks for him. Uh, finds a room that is just so gross. It's filthy. It's covered in chicken feathers and I assume chicken poop. Uh, there's because there's a chicken in a cage hanging from the ceiling, um, along with just a wild amount of bones, human bones, animal bones, all kinds of bones. It's all in that room. They make furniture out of it. Um, that's really like kind of the big Ed Gein influence, I would say, besides Leatherface's character. Um, so finds this room. She has a real bad time in it. It looks just awful. Uh, I, I imagine filming this movie, like there is, had to have been parts that just sucked. Because, uh, man, it. I, I know they filmed in Texas, and so it's like obviously it's going to be super hot, but like just hanging out in just this filthy, disgusting house uh, has, has got to suck. Um, so, you know, after she takes in the room and decides, hey, I should probably leave, uh, Leatherface shows back up and just matter-of-factly grabs her uh, as she's trying to run away. Uh, he, he carries her into, like, their kitchen, I guess, where they conveniently have a, uh, a thing set up with some meat hooks on it, and he just throws her up on a meat hook. Uh, she doesn't die, but she's she's hanging there. Uh, and she finds Kurt, because he's, uh, he's being butchered by Leatherface with a chainsaw. Uh, and in another scene that is not gory, there's no blood really or anything. It's just, it's all implied and, uh, it's, it's horrible. Um, yeah, it just, ah, man, this movie's so good. Um, so yeah, now, uh, now Leatherface has popped up a couple of times and, uh, you know, things are about to get real fun for not... <laughs> not for the main characters, but for the killers, things are about to get fun, I, I guess. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get going on this movie again. Alright, I'm 47 minutes in and kill number three has happened. Uh, their uh, third friend, I believe it might be Sally's boyfriend, kind of seems like it. Uh, Jerry, or Gary, one of the two, uh, is looking for Kurt. And Pam, I'm learning these characters' names 
after the after seeing this for the millionth time finally paying attention enough to learn their names i just always get so wrapped up in everything going on that i just don't even like remember uh stuff like that because yeah everything that's happening on screen is just so uh intense usually um anyway he makes it to the house he finds uh, i think their towel uh from when um they're looking for the swimming pool or a swimming hole. Uh, finds that, knows they're in there, walks inside, goes straight through Leatherface's doorway of doom into their kitchen, and he finds uh, Pam in the freezer uh, because she's been, you know, stored, I guess, for uh, later consumption. And uh, as soon as he finds that, he freaks out, as you do. Sorry. And uh, Leatherface bursts in, hits him in the head with a hammer, and that's all she wrote for him. Um, you know, let me talk about Gunnar Hansen's performance as Leatherface real quick. Uh, it's an interesting character. Um, I mean, he's like a lot of other killers in these movies where he doesn't talk. Um, you know, wears a mask, which kind of becomes a thing later on. Um, but yeah, it doesn't talk, kind of just makes noises and stuff. It's implied that he's mentally handicapped, but it's never officially, you know, said. Um, which is, you know, it, it's, I, it makes sense, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's, it kind of adds a level of like, sadness to his character because a lot of the other people in his family sort of treat him poorly in a way um and it's it just one of those things where it's like yeah obviously like if this dude didn't grow up in a horrible family of cannibals maybe things would have uh, turned out differently because he's i don't know it's not necessarily that he's e that he's evil it's it he's more just doing what he's always done i feel like um I later movies kind of, ah, sorry, it is late. Ugh. Later movies kind of add more of like a level of um, ill intent to the character. I feel like, and this this first movie specifically kind of doesn't. Um, he's just sort of blank, or it. I guess technically it depends on what mask he's wearing. Because he does have three masks that he wears throughout this movie. They're all made of human skin. Uh, he's got his, his killing mask, which is what he's wearing up to this point. Uh, where, yeah, he just uh, murders people. Oh, my God. Um, then he has his pretty woman mask, I believe. Uh, which he wears for the dinner scene that's coming up. Uh, and then he has an, his old woman mat or old lady. I think it's old lady or old woman mask uh, that he uses to prepare for the dinner scene. And it seems like every mask he wears kind of has a different personality, which is interesting. Um, almost like the masks are what determine how he acts rather than him having like his own, you know, personality, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I, I like Leatherface as a character. Uh, I've been Leatherface for Halloween before. So, you know, I don't know. I have a Leatherface mask. Uh, and yeah, it's one of the, 
one of the first things I bought at like the Halloween store that I worked at, or one of the Halloween stores I've worked at, I should say. Um, and yeah, I still have it to this day, and it's uh, it's real cool. <laughs> like I said, they they really merchandise uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, all right, back to the movie because uh, Sally and Franklin are about to go looking for their friends. Alright, so I'm an hour and a minute in, and uh, Franklin's dead. So they decide to go look for their friends. They go through uh, kind of some overgrown brush-like stuff. Uh, and uh, it's nighttime now, and Leatherface pops out of nowhere and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. The only person in the movie to actually be killed by a chainsaw in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, so, hey... Good on them for using a chainsaw, finally. Uh, and then what follows is Sally running from uh, Leatherface through that uh, undergrowth to the house, uh, out of the house, back through the undergrowth to the gas station. And, uh, man, just... This movie just feels like a nightmare. Like... I don't know if anybody, uh, of you, if any of you guys have had one of those dreams where, like, something's chasing you, and no matter what you do, you can't get away from it. Uh, but I've had a couple of those, and this movie, like, that chase specifically feels like one of those nightmares where it's just unrelenting, and there's just nothing you can do to get to safety. And, uh, I mean, Marilyn Burns really put out, like, a incredible performance, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it really does feel like fight or flight. Like, it's not, you know, a, a Hollywood scene. Like, she's not throwing out one-liners. I mean, honestly, for, like, the rest of the movie, uh, she's basically just screaming and having a bad time. And, uh... It, it just feels a lot more real. Like, she's she's not thinking rationally. Like, she's doing... She, all she's doing is trying to get away from the situation. And uh, I, I feel like that's a lot more of a human reaction to being in that situation than, like, you know... I don't know. Like, she's not trying to take a final stand. She's not trying to, you know, be a hero. She's literally just trying to get away. And... Um, I feel like that's just a lot more uh, accurate to life. And uh, it, I don't know, it adds to the movie. Uh, and so she's made it to the gas station now. And, uh, well, that gas station owner, played by Jim Seidau, uh, he's not the friendly fella you think he is. Because he's now uh, <laughs> smacked Sally around with a broken broom. And he's about to put her in a sack and take her back to the house for uh, the infamous dinner scene. Um, and yeah, I mean, even this scene, even even uh, Sally's capture is just very, just mean. Like it, it just feels real in uh, in a way that I feel like a lot of more, I guess, polished looking movies can't really pull off. Uh, so that's, that's a big credit to, uh, to the movie. And then another thing is, like, this movie doesn't really have a score. Um, 
like I think there's a couple of licensed songs that you hear like here and there kind of in the background, but like there's not like an orchestral score. Like you hear tones and sounds, um, but it, it's definitely not like music. Um, and that's also interesting. I, I kind of feel like that adds to the movie in a way of like kind of keeping you, the viewer off balance, uh, I guess. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. So uh, anyway, I'm, I guess I'm just going to finish the movie and I'll, I'll talk more about it uh, when I'm done because there's 20 minutes left. So, heck yeah. All right, let's get to it. All right, so I have finished the movie. And let me tell you, the last 20 minutes of that are just pure chaos. I mean, yeah, just seeing the, the family dynamic uh, between the cook and uh, the hitchhiker and Leatherface. It's just, oh, and Grandpa. Can't forget Grandpa, the dead, yeah, like dead-looking uh, character. That's yeah, they they he sucks blood, and they try to get him to uh, kill Sally with a hammer, and he just can't hang on to it. But he used to be the best at killing, apparently. Um, yeah, just that whole family dynamic is uh, just so insane and bad, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's just a, it's a real sloppy family, and uh, yeah, literally the last you know twenty minutes uh, with the dinner scene and everything, it just it's just nonstop insanity. So uh, yeah, good <laughs> good times. Um, you know, Sally escapes, and uh, that's the end of the movie. But like, yeah, I don't know. It just it's a good one. This movie is just, it's, it's just great. Um, like I said, if you haven't seen it, you gotta check it out. Um, it's, it seems pretty readily available. Uh, it's definitely not an obscure movie. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, track it down, watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again. Um, especially, uh, this time of year, this is a good time to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, so yeah, do that. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's any other things I want to say about this movie. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of plays into, like, fears about, uh, kind of what happens when you, uh, go off the beaten path in the middle of nowhere and, you know, the, the darkness that lurks in small towns or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure papers have been written uh, about that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, honestly, I feel like this is one of those movies where, like, there's probably a college that just has a course on this movie, uh, somewhere. Probably in Texas. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so definitely see this movie. It's a five out of five. This movie's great. Uh, I think it holds up today. Uh, I, I think even if, you know, you're a younger person that doesn't necessarily like uh, older movies, like, this, it's not slow. Like, this movie moves at a real good pace. Um, and, you know, you know, the, the, the effects aren't the best or whatever, but there's not a whole lot of effects to begin with. Uh, so, yeah, I say watch it because it rules.
and um, I think that it, it set the foundation for um, just a lot of movies in general. Like, I feel like, uh, well, obviously the sequels and stuff can be traced back to this, but I, I do feel like this, uh, along with Black Christmas, really did kind of solidify, like, slashers um, up to when Halloween came out. Like, I feel like... You know, maybe Black Christmas kind of set the stage setting-wise. Um, and then Leatherface, you know, became a horror icon. Um, so, I don't know. It's it, it's an important movie. Um, and I, I really can't overstate how important it is. So, if you haven't seen it, yeah, check it out. Um... Other than that, I've managed to talk for 40 minutes about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so that's pretty cool. Uh, if you're listening to this, thanks. I don't know. I know that it's been forever. Um, I know my Terrifier 2 episode has been getting a pretty good amount of, like, listens. Uh, so that's really awesome. Like, seriously, everybody that listens to this, thank you guys. It, it does mean a lot, especially um, since it has been so, like infrequent when it comes to me uploading stuff so you know knowing that i still have an audience uh is rad i mean it, it really is uh i just do this because i really love movies i mean i'm not expecting to get anything out of this like i don't think i'm gonna be some big podcast or anything but uh i don't know it's just cool it, i i enjoy that uh people i don't know at least at least like uh listening to me enough uh, to, you know, keep listening. So, yeah, genuinely means a lot. Um, I do intend to make more of these. I probably am going to do more of the Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I don't know if I'm going to do all of them, because, good God, Leatherface. Not the third Chainsaw Massacre movie, but the newer one, like, came out, I don't know, five years ago, five, six years ago. It has uh, Steven Dwarf from Blade in it. Uh, that movie sucks. It's really bad. Um, I mean, Chainsaw Massacre 4 is not great, but it's definitely better than uh, than that movie. Um, <laughs> like, ugh, ugh. Not good. And then the new one from Netflix had some enjoyable moments, but I kind of don't want to rewatch that movie if I don't have to. Because... That also wasn't great, but at the very least, I'll probably do uh, Chainsaw Massacre, I don't know, maybe the first few, I don't know, we'll find out, uh, and then I would like to do uh, some more episodes with friends, so might uh, might have a, a couple of guests on here uh, for some future episodes, I don't know what we'd cover, well, I have a couple ideas, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, follow me on Instagram. I have a page for this podcast specifically where I put up like, uh, frames from the movies and then like the movie poster. And I just say a little bit, I don't know. It's nothing too exciting. Uh, but if you do want to, uh, I don't know, see little bits and pieces of what I'm talking about, if you haven't seen the movies, I think it's F Y F. W J S. 
It's just the uh, the the first letter of all the words of this podcast. Uh, so that's on Instagram. I have a Facebook group, but I don't. I basically just do the same thing that I do on Instagram, and that. Um, I will try and get more of some kind of a social media presence, but I'm just not really into it. It's just, eh, not really my thing. Uh, but I, I honestly, I would like to talk to, uh, more of you guys just because I want to talk about horror. I love horror movies. Uh, I mean, obviously I've done a bunch of episodes on random horror movies. Um, I think it would be kind of fun to branch out and talk about other movies, but that would be, like, side content. Like, I wouldn't make that, like, a main episode. I would probably do, like, I don't know, something in the title to let you guys know that it's not going to be about a horror movie, just in case, you know, you only want to hear about horror. Um, That way I wouldn't waste your time. Although I guess I do put the title of the movie in, you know, the title. Like, so, I don't know. I don't know. It's late. Uh, I'm just rambling. Um, so yeah, uh, hope you guys have a great day when you listen to this. Um, cause you know, I had a good time making this, so hopefully that translates. Alrighty. I will catch you guys on the next one. Keep watching horror and keep having a good time. Talk to you guys later.